You're listening to Outlandish Outcasts at outlandishoutcasts.com. This is Outlandish Outcasts, episode number nine. I'm your host, Al. With me as always is Desiree. <laughs> Your lovely sidekick. Yeah, so, something like that. I decided to do the intro a little different this week, and it didn't work very well. I'm sorry. I but you made fun of me last week, so it was. I don't. And I had to show the world how you made fun. <laughs> yeah, that was quite embarrassing. But it's okay. <laughs> People got to see the softer side of me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if there is a softer side to me. (laughs) Here we are, another week of stories. Um, Who goes first this week? Well, I've decided you're going to go first this week because we always rotate it Mm -hmm. every other. And I think it'll be your turn, but... I have two stories that I'm going to kind of like... Do back-to-back. Go back-to-back because the second story kind of went with the first story. Okay. So I went... Whoa, I kind of want to know more about that. And you'll know why once I start to get into it, why I wanted to know more about it. So I figured I'm taking my two stories, because it's going to take up a little bit of time, and roll it into one. So you get to go first, I'll go next, you'll go next, I'll go next, you'll go next. Sounds good. So, (laughs) for my first story, it's kind of a follow-up story to a, a, um, a topic I discussed a few weeks ago. A follow-up? A little follow-up story. This uh, Most of what I got out of this came from uh, foxnews.com. Oh. Um, Mount Everest has become an open oh. toilet. <laughs> oh. How is uh, it an open toilet? Staggering, death. staggering amounts of human waste found on its slopes. Um, the current biggest threat to climbers on the world's tallest peak um, is uh, the staggering amount of human excrement being left on the slopes with some estimates putting that number at more than 17,000 pounds this season alone. Well, what are they expecting? Are they supposed to put them in, like, human You have, all, you have all those people. There is, actually, there is actually some biodegradable-type baggies you're supposed to carry with you and then take, it out, take, some, take as much out with you as you can. Oh, you know there are not people out there no, that are going to do not. that. Because not everybody's respectful. Of course. I would be making my kids bag it up, though. I'd be like, now you need to scoop that up and put it in that baggie, and you are going to carry it with you all the way up and then all the way back down. I don't want to bag up our dog's poop much less my own. But anyway, uh, it, it's impossible to know exactly how much litter is spread across Everest because it only becomes visible when the snow melts. But at Camp 2, which is two levels levels higher than base camp, uh, Sherpas who worked on the government's cleanup drive last spring found 17,600 pounds of, of human excrement. Oh my god, they, they're almost like farmers if you think about it because you know how farmers, they like, in the barns, they literally, like, shovel shit. Mm-hmm. They're shoveling human waste, though. They are. They're farming humans. One of the, one of the big problems with this is some people are getting sick um, because at base camp, one of the only accesses to fresh drinking water is to melt the snow. There's going to be like E. coli and all that fun stuff in there. Last year, there were eight professional Sherpas that got this really bad stomach illness. E. coli, I'm assuming. Because of uh, fecal matter in the water. Uh Um, Now, the locals are saying that the problem is... Locals are saying the problem is there's no regulation. They could actually make some laws that make people take care of their 
excrement or whatever. They don't want to become the FDA. <laughs> but that's not going to happen. That doesn't seem to want to happen because nobody wants to uh, wants to deal with it. Um, there are some makeshift toilets, kind of outhouse type things, where it can be stored and then somebody could take it out. But most people just dig a hole in the snow. Why don't they? And then when the snow melts, toilet or something where they, it can like become or compost. Toilet, that, sorry. that would probably be the best uh, best answer for this. But anyway, yeah, I thought it was really interesting that, you know, a few weeks ago I talked about how, you know, there was basically a line to get up Everest because there's so many people there. Well, now they have a problem with too much poop. Well, that makes sense. It does. I mean, it makes, it totally makes sense. If the number of people climbing are doubling, yeah. it's not something so, they've ever saw before. So. If, if, if you ever come across somebody in your life who's all bragging it up how they made it to, up to the top of Everest, just ask them how it smelled. No, if they actually baked up their poo or if they were, like, horrible people and didn't clean up after themselves. Yeah. So, that just a quick little story, but I just wanted to talk about poop on Mount Everest. A mountain of poop. I love talking about poop. Literally, a mountain of poop. Exactly. Funny. That might be an episode title. <laughs> it's a mountain of poop. Okay, so what I'm going to talk about is... Two of my favorite things, actually, but this kind of killed it. In the middle of reading this, I thought of you, and I went, mm-hmm, this is exactly what he would say. I don't read horoscopes anymore because of stuff like this. <laughs> okay. So, horoscopes were once linked to a serial killer. One. Okay. One. One. So, who wouldn't want to answer an ad for a personal ad? Ten-page horoscope advertisement as absolutely free. In their local paper. The ad went out in a French newspaper in or on April 16th of 1968. And then all readers, all they had to do was send in their name, address, date, um, place of birth. I'm assuming that date was supposed to be date of birth. Place of birth and a few tidbits of personal information to receive. A Last four of your social mother's maiden name. No! <laughs> you heard my list. Okay. Receive a, a custom personality profile. So the submission flooded in, and 500 people received their horoscopes, urged to reply back. Many were impressed with the ac- or the um, accuracy of the yep. profiles. About 95% claimed they were spot on. Holy cow. That's so, impressive. I think that's kind of impressive. I actually have... Uh, reading a friend of mine who had the software for the stuff mm-hmm. for astrology, she gave me my life chart, so I have it. Mm. I don't have everything because I don't have like the sun and the moon and Mars and all yeah. this stuff, but it was pretty accurate. Mm. So, and it wasn't on personality, it was just like this type of thing happened in your life. Who knew there was a planet crayon? That means there's turmoil. They predicted it when I was a young child. I'm like, hmm. This was that. So it was it was really okay. interesting. I'll show it to you. I still have I, I'm, 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 You're skeptical, I know. I am when you You're I like, mean just for what you said, like I, I was like said, you know, you, you 75% it for of the people in the you world go through it. For for me. Me. <laughs> You're not sorry. You were really mad at me for storage wars. Storage wars. wars. Oh. Yeah. Sometimes I want to watch a movie and I'm like, not with him. <laughs> 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 I love you. I like the analytical side of things, and I like to tear things apart. Sometimes I do like the analytical things, but there are times that I just want to be able to just be ignorant. 
Right. Yeah, that's what like sitcoms are for. Exactly. Yeah. And sometimes when there's reality shows out there and it's like, I want to be adventurous like that. And to me, no, no, no. It's not saying that's how it is or whatever. Yeah. But it's like, I would love to be able to be on the open road like that. Yeah. Or I'd love to be able to open this storage unit and boom, there's this magical treasure worth millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. So it's like the daydreaming side of it. And just squash it. I'm not saying it can't be true. It just isn't as true as many times as you see it on TV. So, okay, despite the seemingly supernatural accuracy of this, um, it had been duped. So every respondent had been sent the exact same report. The architect of the scam was a psychologist, Michelle Guacat. Guacamole. I'm sorry. <laughs> French. Oh. It's a guy. Oh. Michel. 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 Michel Gouquet. And he was a psychologist, statistic, uh, I want to say mathematician, but there you go. So he's, he actually did 45 years of research of astrology. Okay. So this was like his life work. Yeah. This was just one of the many studies he did with this kind of thing. Um, He had commissioned a professional astrologer astrologer to do a chart and interpretation of a real person. That person was Dr. Marcel uh, Patois, one of France's most notorious serial killers. And he actually took that life chart, sent it out to all of these people, and with that being known now, and that they had responded 95% claimed spot on. So this is clearly another case of subjective validation where subjects focus on the hits of some general analyst mm-hmm. as supposed to be unique to them. Yeah. Killer, killer, dream killer. <laughs> <laughs> that is you. That's where I went. Yeah, that is me. So, but I, I seen it coming because horoscopes kind of are general because yeah. you throw them in the newspaper and it's like, hey, we got to generalize this in order to make it feel like it's you unbelievable. I totally get that. Of course. I think. I do think that's really interesting, though. That, that'd be an interesting study to, like, send this out to all these people and I'll have it be the same one. That's kind of cool. And then the fact that it was all based on some serial killer, that's even cooler. Like, they use his date of birth, yeah. time of birth, yeah. where he was born, and it popped up his life chart, and they sent those they 10 sent those. pages yeah. to him. Even though I believe a life chart is longer than that, I'm pretty positive mine's more than 10 pages. Hmm. So it's probably gotten more in-depth since the 60s. Okay, yeah, probably. So, yeah. So that happened. So, known for taking the lives, this doctor was... For over 60 people in wartime France, Marcel Patois' story is harrowing his life of crime beginning in his teenage years and ran parallel to a successful military, political, and medical career. So this is God. what everybody... Serial killers like. blow my mind. I have trouble ba- balancing a you know full-time job and two kids. And here this guy is off killing people. He's got a political career, a military career, a professional career. Where does he find the time? Well, he obviously doesn't suffer from anxiety. Okay. That would probably okay. paralyze him. He's probably calm in nature. This is true. So, this is true. yes. But that's 
that was my second story that I was going into with the serial killer because cool. That's the other thing I like. Yeah, serial, serial killers. killers. I mean, I don't like I almost, serial killers. They just intrigue me. I almost came with a serial killer story this week. Maybe next week it's a little you more in depth than I this wanted because I'm sure this isn't who you no, came with. Well, it's gonna take a little more research. I need to look into it a little more. Well, we know me. As soon as I read something, I'm like, who is that? Mm-hmm. What? Sixty people? That's but a lot it was of actually more. It was like 123 is what I actually came down to. But, okay, so he was usually intelligent as a child, but exhibited several behavior problems in school. He was actually expelled from several schools. Okay. Um, but he did actually graduate from school mm-hmm. when he was supposed to. Um, and then he eventually got his medical degree in 1921. He established a practice in a town of... I'm going to say this wrong because it's French. Villeneuve, Okay. where he became a popular figure there. He ended up even being a mayor on top of the doctor at some point. Okay. So um, his first victim, I got to flip to another page because I have an arrow because I have more than one reference here. <laughs> I have the Bureau I can't. Britannica? Remember. Yeah. Like the old encyclopedia Britannica? I don't know. I never had encyclopedias growing up. We had world books because Grandma Dodo sold world books. I love Grandma Dodo. So I wasn't allowed to say the word Britannica in my house. It was like a swear <laughs> word. I'm serious. <laughs> Ask my brother and sister. They'll tell oh, you. Oh, I believe you because I remember your sister at her funeral. She made boards and she said she, that Grandma would be so proud of her because... She did her research and showed it on postcards. Yeah. Yep. So, okay. Anyways, moving on. It was great memory, though. <laughs> so, one of his first victims, um, but it's never been proven. It's just been a speculation. Okay. Um, his first victim was Luis Delavoe. 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 Um, his lover and the daughter of one of his patients in... Villain Booth, Surion. I am so slaughtering these words. <laughs> That's today, okay. I do the same I'm thing every French. time I, I take a. Studied Spanish, Mexico, <laughs> Poland, <laughs> not France. Not France. Yeah, me so, either. I can't pronounce French. Words at all. <laughs> but she disappeared in 1926, shortly after the two began having an affair, and no one had heard from her again. So hmm. the speculation after all of this kind of raised towards him. Mm-hmm. So, but he's most known during World War II. Um, he was schemed to increase his wealth at the expense of Jews wishing to escape from the Nazi oh occupied, uh huh, Nazi occupied France. So offering them help, he injected oh. them with poison which he told them was medicine to protect protect them from disease. After watching his victims died, or die, he plunged. See, I'm having issues reading. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. He plundered their cash and valuables and placed their bodies in a basement furnace in his specifically soundproof home. So he... Uh, or suspected of aiding Jews of the Renaissance, he was arrested in 1943 by the German 
Gestapo? No, I don't know. Gestapo? Gestapo. There you go. That would be I Gestapo. I knew I was saying that wrong. <laughs> but was released after several months. And then in 1944, after liberation, um, I said that wrong again because I have issues. That's okay. I hate reading. As most of you know, I hate reading for my job. I have to read. I hate reading. I love research. I hate reading. People could just tell me it. <laughs> if somebody could just tell you everything about it, maybe write some. I'd love to talk about bullet it, points man. down. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Yeah. So you should find a podcast to listen to to find out what to cover. I on do our listen podcast. to some podcasts, no. and I feel like I'm stealing their stuff, so I don't use it. Like. I listen to the podcast, and then I'm like, oh, that would be so great to use. Oh, but I look like I'm typing their stuff. Oh, so the, then you don't do it. The 12 people that are listening to us aren't going to care. <laughs> but what if they listen to that podcast? That's then true. they'll stop listening That's to true. us, because what if they think they're funnier? But then again, they could think I'm funnier. They could. I am funny. It's possible. I have proclaimed this in a previous <laughs> podcast. I'm hilarious. Speaking of which, I need to print out a picture of myself and leave it on someone's desk tomorrow. Okay. Anyways, so... You're not going to work tomorrow. Okay, I'm going to have to send it with you to work. Okay. Okay, so anyways, where was I? So, serial killer, he was... So, okay, he, so, so he was arrested again in 1944, um, and they found nearly 30 corpses were discovered in his home. Oh. Yep. And he was dubbed as Dr. Satan by the France media or French media. Imagine being, it just blows my mind to be a serial killer in a time when there's so much death already. And then to provide people with some hope. Well, he was charging the Jews like, kill them? Like, it was almost a half a mil. I don't remember. Sure. Yeah. What? Making a ton of money and Mm -hmm. also killing people. And then he's caught by the German Gestapo and. Goes to jail for a few months. <laughs> because I'm assuming he killed Jews. I'm sure they released him. It, well, oh, then he was arrested, and he started saying that he had killed the Germans. So he was trying to get off that way. Yeah, he so figured it's he, like a double spy. So like, he, you know, in one gets caught by the Germans. The he's end. killing the Jews. Once he gets caught by you know the other side, he'll say he was killing the Germans. Yep. That's crazy. That's insane. Yep, and he was charged with 27 murders and was convicted of 26. At the oh. trial, he admitted to more than 60 killings. And then, as I had mentioned, eventually it came out to like 123 or 32 symmetrical wow. numbers. So, wow, that's a lot of death. I can't find the exact number, but it's in here somewhere because I read it. That's just, that's a lot of people for one person. And. I can't imagine. I mean, obviously, I can't imagine being a serial killer. Well, you're anyway, a doctor. People go but... into your house. Nobody suspects that. Yeah, no, I can see how it. you could get how it could be gotten away with fairly easily for and quite a long time. I'm sure. As a Jew, you go into this house, and I'm sure there's probably a sign like "Doctor Dukta" right on the outside of his and door. Doctor Patwal. Being that you know he was the, a mayor and politically active, I'm guessing he was fairly um, visited. And also, easy to talk to, probably was fairly good-looking, you know, a little charming, I'm sure. that's. It's... Well, everybody knew him, because he's like the town doctor, yeah. so he goes house to house, you get to know yep. somebody a little bit, and opposed, you're going to vote for somebody you know, opposed to oh, yeah. somebody 
you don't know. Mm-hmm. And a doctor, and if you you're know supposed the guy, you're your host, to trust yeah. the doctor. Yeah. So this doctor comes to your house. You trust this doctor. He makes you feel better. And he runs for mayor. Of course you're going to vote yep. for him. It's just a natural thing. I mean, if two people were running for presidency and I personally knew one, I would vote for them. Depending on how well you knew them. <laughs> if I knew them... <laughs> And I can think of a bunch of people you friend, knew if they were if running for president, you wouldn't friend, vote for them. If they were no, my, yes, well, I, sh- I agree. shouldn't even say that because I wouldn't hire all friends in a business. Yeah, but it I is love it all is my true. Friends, though. It is true. If, if you actually know somebody or have met somebody, or that's why politicians go door knocking and shaking hands because there's a much better chance you're going to vote for them if you've met them and got to know them a little bit. That makes sense. That's why serial killers don't kill you if you start spilling your guts to them because you start to give them a personal insight. That's mm-hmm. a theory. Yeah. People try this. Hmm. Interesting. Maybe not serial killers. I think there was rapists. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't remember. There is a stat out there regarding that, though, when you start giving that personal touch and mm-hmm. giving them your personal... Yeah, it makes sense that, you know... Story, they're not going to kill you. They, they don't kind of want to stay detached a little bit. I mean, if you're a killer, a serial killer, killing a lot of people, that's a lot to weigh on you, Um, even if you're a little messed up in the head. Why would it the be... Less you know about the, per- the less Wait, you know about the person... the less you know about the person... this is why I find it intriguing. It's not a lot weighing on them. It's like this... Well, then, then the whole less you know... whole other personality, and it's matter. like they're able to just, like... Forget about it, but they're so fixated on it, they start obsessing over the next. And I understand that, but if they do, like you were talking about, if they know them and got to know their problems and got to know their life, they're less likely to get killed because something is going to weigh on them. And that's how that happens. I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm, I, I totally agree that they, you know, are not exactly in control, but the more information they have about a person, I think, could affect them being alive or not. Somebody on Facebook the other day put this post. I don't even know if you're friends with her, but it's Charles Manson. Mm-hmm. And it says, Good morning, angels. And three of his followers, they're like, Good morning, Charlie. And I'm like, Oh my God, my mind is blown. <laughs> <laughs> when, when did that show come about? And was this after <laughs> Manson was in jail? <laughs> my mind just started. That's hilarious. The gears started going, and I'm like, whoa, mind blown. <laughs> so anything else about the, the serial killer and the horoscope? Mm-hmm. That, was, that was your two stories? Those right? were two stories. All right. Interesting. I like the way they tied together. That was cool. Well, it was kind of, I, I found the one, and I was like, ooh, look at this. Now, now after you went all in-depth on these two stories, and they're kind of you know, they meant a lot to people and there was a tragedy and there was, well, I'm going to just talk about BS stuff that's funny. But I, I like this. I shouldn't say it was like two of my favorite things because I love stories on the Holocaust. Yes, me too. Because it was like such a, you just are mind blown by the fact that humanity mm-hmm. could let it get like that. Mm-hmm. So just hearing even that in there too, I was like, whoa. Okay. I, I am going to take us to a happy ending. Some information that's been released by the FBI recently. Ooh. On June 5th, 2019, FBI, the FBI revealed their files on Bigfoot. Shut up. <laughs> Did you do your research on this? 
For real? Yeah, this is real. Where's what's your? Does it matter? This this what I'm reading right what's now came from uh, scientificnews.com. But it? this is it's a true story. It's not okay. <laughs> there's nothing in here about Bigfoot. Uh. <laughs> but it's uh, like a big tease. On, Ju- on a June tease. on June fifth, um, the FBI released the the file. Uh, it contains. Uh, news clippings and some formal letters to and from a monster hunter in the 70s, uh, leading to also an examination of 15 hairs and some skins that the, the skin that the hunter believed came from Bigfoot. Where they said so, it was like a primate, but it's not a primate. Actually, no. But we'll get there. Most of what was re- released was letters back and forth between the FBI and this monster hunter. And just kind of letters back and forth, the, the monster hunter wanting them to test the hairs and skin samples he sent, the FBI saying, you know, we don't really have time, blah, 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 all that. Um, and then finally, he, you know, wrote one more letter, and it says, please understand, our research here is serious. Uh, this is a serious question that needs answering. And the FBI, FBI agent, um, Jay Cochran Jr., uh, replied saying, okay, we'll test it. This is uh, quoting the FBI, the um, Agent Cochran at the FBI, FBI. Briefly, we do not often come across hair which is unable to identif- uh, which we are unable to identify. Really, they usually get DNA all the time that they don't know whose it is. They'll know what it is, <laughs> <I'm> though. <just> kidding. <laughs> and the hair we have now, which is about fifteen hairs attached to a tiny piece of skin, is the first that uh, had been obtained in six years Wait, of the it FBI was on looking skin into too? it. Yes, it was on skin as well. Holy Jesus. So, um, the, there was a big write-up in the New York Times at, at the time um, about this uh, monster hunter's adventures. Uh, they called him a former professional hunter in Nepal who switched from tiger shooting and yeti hunting to Bigfoot hunting. But isn't yeti and Bigfoot the same thing? Uh, kind of, yeah. I guess so. A different part of the world for it, but yeah. Pretty much the same animal. Anyway, the um, FBI kept, you know, once they, once they finally agreed to uh, test the the hairs and the skin, it, it came back positive as a deer. What? So kind of disappointing I, for this. I didn't even want to hear that. Why would you bring that story? Years and years of back and forth with the FBI finally got them to test it. Now, of course... At the beginning of my story, when I said there are times that you break my heart. Yes, I know. You broke it. But And, and of course, after after the testing was done, of course, the Bigfoot hunter declared that the FBI faked the test and did not get the actual result. Because, of course, you know, the government... It's a big big (laughs) conspiracy, of course. But the FBI, like, they did have an actual Bigfoot file, and it was released this month, and there's really nothing in it. Hold on, I need to get my tin hat. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, there's uh, nothing on Bigfoot at the FBI, anyway. I know, disappointing. Me and Tristan used to sit and watch that Bigfoot show. Remember mm-hmm. on? Mm-hmm. I don't even remember what. I don't even mind the Bigfoot shows that are on. I, I really like the one that it. Joe Rogan did. I thought his Bigfoot show was really cool. He did one too. Yeah, he did one. There was like to ten episodes on or something. I thought that was it was interesting, um, but 
I, I don't think you can catch a Bigfoot unless you bring your fuzzy camera with you. And, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, it can't be a good camera that's going to get a clear image, or maybe Bigfoot just is fuzzy. Oh, I was thinking like <laughs> fluffy, fuzzy. Oh, I was like fuzzy, like bad picture. Can't fuzzy. see it. Well, and who knows? Maybe the FBI has more information. And this is all they released. It's, but, it, it's a conspiracy. You know. I believe it. I want to believe it. I am believing it. Okay. Conspiracy. The guy is right. right. It's not a freaking deer. Those. <laughs> oh, excuse me. In your words, the deer hit me. <laughs> that is what happened. The deer ran right into me. It hit the driver's side door. <laughs> you hit a deer. It's okay. 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 Well, that's that's what I have to say about Bigfoot. Well, mine's not as interesting as Bigfoot. I love Bigfoot stories. I love the odds. Like that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. So mine's a little bit more what if this was you type thing. Okay. So okay. This was posted about seven hours ago when I printed this. Okay. So okay. right hot off the press. Hot off the press. So this isn't on Thursday, but you know, Thursday. Hot off the press on whatever day we recorded before <laughs> Well, when they pull this up, they're going to see, see two days ago. So That's true. It's okay. We work 40 hours, and we need time to edit this, too. <laughs> yes. So, no, these are not always recorded at 6 a.m. Yeah. in the morning You know, morning someday if we, get enough, if we had enough people <laughs> wanting it and people wanted to, I don't know, throw tips at us, I'd be willing to just go live and, and do this completely live. But that's going to take So they can listen to work. us, like... Five minutes going, where did I write that? Oh, my yeah. God. No, we need to take that out. <laughs> okay, I might be willing to make a fool of myself because I usually do it at work, this too. Is true. You so, do it kind of everywhere. I do it everywhere. And I really don't care because <laughs> what's the point of living if you can't just speak your mind, even this if it's true. stupid things coming out of your mouth? This is true. I agree, and that's why I love you. <laughs> You're just saying that. Oh, you so sweet. So, okay, anyways. Seven hours ago, Toronto. So, he's, I'm just going to start, I'm going to read this, okay? okay, and then you tell me what you think afterwards. Sure. So, the title, Meet the Air Canada Passenger Left on Same Plane for the Past 15 Years. So, Toronto, he's been reported missing by his family since 2004 by Kurt Sampson is, or but Kurt Sampson is alive and well. And still trapped on the same Air Canadian flight he boarded to Calgary. Are you thinking Tom Hanks right now? No. But in the airport? No. <laughs> okay. So. Interesting, though. It was a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. The now bearded telecommunications employee has called the Airbus A321 his home, home ever since he was abandoned by cabin crew one fateful November night. I took a business trip when I think I was 33 and dozed off just before landing. As the maroon man in 15A, who is now 48, I woke up in a cold hangar and tried to get someone's attention, but then I knew my rescue would not be coming. So Samson's only way to survive his heroin ordeal was to turn his inflatable travel pillow into a friend, and survive. Oh my god, it's like Tom Hanks Tom, all over another, the place. Another Tom Hanks movie. <laughs> to a friend and survive on a diet of free water and dry pretzels since he was on a domesticated flight that doesn't offer meals. 
He was since past the time watching the same movie on mute since he was unable to afford the nominal fee for <laughs> headphones. Um, each chance I get to escape, I bowled over my first-class passengers and luggage, or my first-class passengers, luggage, or I'm politely told to take my seat by the stewardess. And I don't want to be rude, added Samson. Being a flight attendant is a hard job. At press time, Air Canada has included missing passengers to the company's delay or damaged baggage claims, but only, but will only cover $100 for each lost customer. This is crazy. <laughs> Remember how I said I have a joke? I was going to say, this is definitely... But... But it that was a joke. Okay. But true story, June twenty first. Night travel night or a travel nightmare. Wake up cold and alone in a darkened plane. So this lady named Tiffany Adams, she fell asleep. It was like an empty plane, more or less. Very mm-hmm. few people on it, and she sprawled across three seats and okay. just fell asleep. Went to sleep. So when nice, she woke up, I know I've had that happen to me before too, where you just kind of like throw your legs mm-hmm. up and look nice. out the window and. I'm always in a crammed plane with you. Know, well, when you go from a big hub to an extremely small hub, yeah. and it's a That's nighttime true. flight, and you're heading to the middle of the woods, yeah. <laughs> there's nobody on those late night flights. Mm-hmm. So she said she woke up. And it was completely dark. And her cell phone battery was depleted. <laughs> that would happen to me. Yes. <laughs> um, therefore useless. And there was no power on the plane to recharge it. And no one else was on the pitch black plane. Could you imagine? She just woke up and nobody's there. And you're nobody's sitting there. in a hangar somewhere. So or... she made her way to the cockpit where she eventually found a flash flashlight. The light helped her figure out how to open the main exit door. But there was no uh, gangway, so she mm-hmm. was staring a long way at down. what was 40 to 50 feet dropped yeah. to the ground. And she focused the flashlight on the plane's exterior, hoping that the reflection or on another plane. Get somebody's exterior. attention. And she was doing like the SOS. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even know the SOS codes. So. <laughs> It'd be like, do 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 I think that's SOS. I don't know. <laughs> um, but nobody had came to her rescue. Eventually, though, a driver of a luggage cart came to her rescue. So Adam said the Air Canada representative offered her a ride home and then called her twice to apologize, and they've launched an investigation into how she was missed by the plane crew. You would think somebody's job would be to go up and down the aisle and make sure that everybody was gone. Getting fired because, two, they probably were just like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm leaving. I'm done. I'm (laughs) out of here. Day's over. I don't care. Yep. So that's just crazy. How long was she in in there? It wasn't just not long. Just okay. But just, just, I mean, that'd be so scary. Like, wake up, like, oh my God, I was on a plane. No, I'm still on a plane. I'm on a plane. There's nobody here. It's dark. It's dark. Yeah, it'd be insane. Oh my god, at least there's a toilet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but they're still investigating this, but mm-hmm. I can guarantee someone's losing their job. Oh uh, yeah, I hope so. Because you're 
those planes are supposed to be cleaned every night. Yeah, I mean, you'd think it'd be somebody's job, even like, I know a school bus driver's job, the last thing he has to do is walk up and down a bus and make sure there's no kids left in the bus. Oh my god! Like... <laughs> the fears sunk in right there. Kids are so much worse than adults. Yes, it is. But... I, I just can't believe it's not somebody's job to go up and It is somebody's sure job. For out. one, as have worked for the airlines before, mm-hmm. the planes are, the first flights in the morning are considered the best to go on if you have peanut allergies because they have been cleaned. Yeah. Well, we did. Obviously, it wasn't cleaned very well if somebody was I mean, sleeping maybe there and. Clean them in the morning, but. Still. Still, yeah, no. Still. That's insane. Like, That's insane. Yeah. It's really coincident. The story that, your story, some really interesting coincidences here. My last story that I'm going to do, I was hemming and hawing between two different stories. One story that I was going to do, but I'm not going to, was about a lady, I think it was in St. Louis, who was in jail, and she got released from jail because her time was up. And she asked the officer which way to go to get to the exit, and she took a wrong turn and ended up in a locked stairwell for three days. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is almost as bad as that uh, story I heard about the elevator with Japan. Yes, yes. You heard that. Yes. We were together. We heard that together. That was yes. off of another podcast yep. that we love to listen together to. But instead of that, I decided to pick a very short, funny little story about United Airlines. Seriously? <laughs> Seriously. I hope it nobody else was left on the plane. Uh, this has nothing to do with, well, it has to do with people on the plane, but from 1953 to 1970, uh, flights, there were daily fr- flights from Los Angeles to San Francisco and Chicago to New York at five o'clock every evening. These flights were men only executive flights. <laughs> <laughs> they were operated by a DC 6B aircraft. Flights mostly operated, like I said, at 5 p.m. in each direction between the two cities. It was happy hour. Generally six days a week. Uh, they didn't just ban women, but also children, um, except for the flight attendants, I was going to say, the flight attendants <laughs> were the eye candy. They served, like, steak dinners and complimentary, complimentary cigars for the men, for the passengers. And uh, they also offered last-minute message service to make a call on behalf of a passenger. Um, they they could make a last minute send a last minute message through uh, through like the pilot and he could get it up to somebody who could make a quick call. <laughs> um, Your husband isn't going to be home for dinner at five o'clock. Well, he's that's a funny let part, you know, and <laughs> she can't freak out on him. United um, did a a survey of wives whose husbands were on this flight. That but they did was they sent them vouchers for free ticket, free air air miles because of these flights that their husbands were on and most of the people who um replied to that offer said i don't know what flight you're talking about <laughs> so these were men's only flights and these flights Ew. were for a lot of men to do do things and go places that their wives did not know they were going to just know so. you would never get away with anything like that no i, I, I wouldn't do it anyway but um, this is another, another um, not as full planes. The planes were usually only about 50% capacity during these flights. It's another reason um, they were kind of sought after to be on that flight. How times have changed. Definitely. Times have definitely changed. You got a free cigar and 
steak dinner. Smoking on a plane. I couldn't even imagine. That's not that long ago, though. Really? Smoking on a plane in a flight inside the United States, 1990. 89. 89. How many years ago was that? Don't make me feel that old. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If you were to tell our kids that you could smoke in a hospital one day when we were even alive, you know what they're going to say? What's a, what's a smoke? No. They're going to go, they're going to go, didn't you watch Black and White TV too? This is true. No. My, They'll ask you. Uh, Ava is asking, she goes, well, I thought you listened to the radio growing up. Oh. No, we have color TV. <laughs> Go talk to Grandma and Grandpa. Grandpa had black and white. Yes. And my first TV was black and white in my own personal TV in my bedroom when I was a kid. My first TV, and I had bunny ears. Black and white and with my bunny sister, ears. Yep. We shared a bedroom, and we had the bunny ears. We got it for, yep. at a rummetail. We paid for it ourselves. Cool. cool. At a rummetail. It was kind of cool. nice. It was on a rack. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think uh, I think that's all we've got for tonight. It is. That that's it. If uh, if you'd like to send us an email, you can uh, outlandishoutcasts at gmail dot com. Uh, you can also hit us up on Facebook at Outlandish Outcast Podcast. Leave us a comment. If you have any interesting stories, Maybe. let us know. We'll post some pictures. I actually have a picture I want to post. I don't have it with oh. me here. But I have a picture I want to post of the advertisement for the men's only flight because I think gotcha. it's kind of, kind of a, a throwback to I like old advertisements and stuff that look kind of cool. I, I so we'll post any, that on the on the Facebook page. I don't have any fun posts. Um, maybe when we get an update on what happened with Air Canada, yes. I was thinking of that. Yes, definitely. I'd like if, to know if <laughs> if they come out with. I'd like to know how many people did they fire. <laughs> it would be one, maybe two. Maybe two. We'll see. But. It, that's if they come out with the results. That's I am going to watch because I am kind of curious, but I have a feeling the flight attendant's going to be like, I was sick of diarrhea. Something. I needed to get off that flight. I wasn't <laughs> going to the bathroom in there. And yeah, it was worth somebody being stuck on there. But anyway, have a good week, everybody. We will be back in your ears again next Thursday. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Is, <laughs> is that copyright? I don't know. Arsenio Hall. Hall. I don't think so. The, the, the dog pound? I don't know. Anyways, bye. Bye.